Welcome to the Butterfly Perspective Podcast. I am Lizette Alvarado, family nurse practitioner and owner of Sin Skin Aesthetics and Wellness. And the reason I wanted to bring this podcast to the community is so that we could discuss all things health, wealth, business, um, in a community so that people would have a place to go and feel comfortable. And the reason that I did this was for my mom who passed away two years ago. Butterflies were special to her. Butterflies are about growth, change, and metamorphosis, and we all are growing and changing it every day. And so I want this to be a, a safe space. We're going to have guests on every week. We're going to have exciting giveaways. It's going to be awesome, you guys. So I'm super happy to start this. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, you guys. So super excited. Lizette Alvarado doing the Butterfly Perspective. This is my first podcast, and I'd like to welcome my guest, the beautiful Debbie DeNova. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure and honor. Thank you. Super excited to have you. And thank you for all my listeners. I'm super excited to start this process. My goal with this podcast is to create a community. We want to talk about things that are uncomfortable to talk about. Everything from grief to aesthetics to medicine to wellness, to health, to negativity, to positivity, to growth, to business. And the reason that the butterfly's perspective is the name, because I want it to be a metamorphosizing growth. So we are ready and we're happy and we're going to be talking about some fun stuff today. So Debbie, tell me a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, tell me about your morning routine, things like that. Okay, so my name is Debbie DeNova. I am a transformation life coach. Um, I'm also a trainer for a finance company. I just started um, in Los Angeles, and I'm a mama of three beautiful babies. Um, I also have a stepdaughter. She's 25. Uh, My kids are 17, 15, and my caboose is nine. He's like, my my little baby (laughs) forever. (laughs) Um, So pretty busy, you know. Um, I do some television. I have a, a television show called Good Vibes. Um, do some commercials sometimes. I'm just kind of all over the place. I'm just busy. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. How do you keep your energy level? Like how do you do mom and business? Like how do you do it all? Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's really what I teach other people to do, right? Is to manage your energy well. And so the choices that I make, whether we're talking about mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, relational is all about keeping my frequency high. So I make very, very specific choices about things that are going to help raise my frequency and keep my frequency high. And that just gives me energy. It gives me motivation. It gives me inspiration, you know? Love that. Yeah. And we can deep dive more into what that means, but it's basically about making choices with that kind of as the... the, Intentional. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. So Debbie, I've always known, has been always so positive. She's the only person I know that's never been negative, and that's huge in life, to wake up every morning and start your day with motivation and intention. Whenever you wake up in the morning and you ever feel like it's a negative day or I'm not having a good day, turn that around, stop, think, and turn that into a thankful and intentional day. And so today we're going to talk about that too. So Debbie, how do you turn your day if you wake up and you feel like, I don't know if I can get up and do it? Yeah. So I think that a really important thing to say is that I am actually negative like everybody else sometimes, you know, and that I think is a big part of what keeps me sort of buoyant is to be real about who I am. So if I'm surrounded, for example, by uh, someone who's negative or I experience them as negative, the question I ask myself is what, what within me is in resistance to what's happening to them? Because 
if I am feeling resistance, there's some sort of emotional wound that's being triggered there. And so I kind of try to learn from it, and I actually try to see myself in other people. Um, I think that we have this black and white thinking that we can either be good or bad, and that's just not true. We have we're very, very nuanced as people. There's light, there's dark, there's good, there's bad, right? Yeah. And the problem is that if we believe we can either be a good or bad, uh, we're left with this notion that in order to prove that we're good, we have to deny the bad parts of ourselves. So I'm very real about, like, when we talk about good vibes only, I'm, I'm not a good vibes only person. <laughs> I'm okay. more about, like, if there's something negative there, I sit with it, I deep dive, I look into it. I try to have compassion for, and maybe to a fault, you know, right. for, for everybody and their, their experiences. And I go, how have I played or how am I playing like this person is playing in, in, mm-hmm. in my life right now? When have I been the one who's gossiping? When have I been the one who's been hateful or spiteful or, or um, you know, petty? Because that all exists right. within me. Um, and then once I do that, I can have compassion. And you would be surprised because, you know, when, when you meet with somebody who's showing up negatively like that, and you do the work and you actually hold space for the best in them, it's it's a very, tra- not that they will always step into it, but it's a very transformative thing that happens for a lot of people. It's like they're used to people meeting them and reacting mm. to the way yeah. that they are. Uh, my job as a coach is to see the best in people and help bring that forward. And so what I do is I see through that, right? Like that's your part of your humanity. I have it too. Um, and also like, how can we expand upon the stuff that feels good? Because it doesn't feel good to be lost in your own drama, in your own unconsciousness. It's not a good feeling, right? right? It's like a, it's, it's a, it's almost like a, a mental emotional trap that people don't even realize they're in. Right. And so when you help hold space for the best of themselves to kind of come forward, it, they, they do the work themselves. So it's just about kind of like holding that space, maybe Wonderful. being the only person who right. like who sees that in them and helps them, you know, bring it forward. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. You do do a good job with that. Thank you. Yeah. So how do you set boundaries with people who are negative like that? Yeah. So the boundaries that I set are more about myself, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to communicate your boundaries outward, but for me, it's important to understand where my authentic boundaries lie because everybody has different boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say authentic boundaries, what I mean is that, like, where within myself am I crossing over my own value? Like, yeah. I can be kind and giving to people, right? Mm-hmm. But once I start actually violating my own values in order to be kind and giving, yeah. because I'm sort of, like, attached to the idea of being kind and giving, then I'm bowling over my authentic boundaries. And so the red flags that come up within myself are the more important red flags for me. Not, you know, talk about red flags in other right. people. Like, Ooh, that's a red flag, Right. But for me, it's about where are the red flags within me? Like, where is it that I feel myself wanting to, to violate or bowl myself over, right? right? Bulldoze myself mm-hmm. in order to keep giving to this person because they expect it of me. Where am I people pleasing? Where am I um, not standing up for myself? Right. And so boundaries really are, you know, I tell my clients, not about trying to control someone else because we're all free will beings. And I love that, right? Like, I want everyone to have their own choice about their life. Boundaries are really, what am I going to do when someone crosses over and sort of like that, that sort of like that fence that goes around your house, right? right? When someone comes over in my property, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What, what am I going to do? And so in communicating from there, it's like, so if you do this, then I'm going to have to do this, right? If, uh, if I'm, you know, in relationship, you might be with someone who you get into an argument and you realize, oh, they curse, they're, they're prone to cursing people out. And so being able to understand within yourself, that is a, that for the, for me is a, a boundary, right. right? That's a, so if you do that again, I have to, I'm going to leave, right? It's about what I'm going to do if that happens again and communicating accordingly. It's not about like controlling them and 
attaching yourself to an outcome because that's create suffering. I mean, we're all going to show up the way we want to, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we all deal with that in business, professional, with our family. So mm-hmm. it's important to talk about that. And that's why we're here today mm-hmm. is to talk about those things that aren't really talked about. Yeah. So the authentic self is important because sometimes we lose that in our professionalism and growing, mm-hmm. being a mom. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me some more about keeping that authentic self? Yeah, I think it, and it's really, it's, it's much more challenging than you would think it is because right. we're born into these outside-in paradigms, right? Immediately when we get here, we're kind of told we have to adjust ourselves in order to please other people, mom, dad, yeah. you know, peers, that sort of thing, in order to be accepted, included, loved. And so there's an editing process that happens from the very beginning. So we start to kind of go, okay, well, this is not appropriate. This part of me is not appropriate. This is unacceptable. And we start editing ourselves. And depending on who we are, um, you know, how we're influenced, we start showing up in a way that we believe is going to keep us connected to other people, right? right? And so by the time we're a full-blown adult, a lot of us don't even know who our authentic selves are because we're so used to playing this persona that – how had us be accepted in our community right. or in our family dynamic, right? Um, so, for example, if you if you were born into a family where everyone was smart and they're scholars, right? Yeah. You might feel like I want to be an artist, right. but that's not an acceptable thing in this family dynamic. So I've got to do this other thing that doesn't feel quite as good to me, and pursue and pursue. And so it's great because a lot of people will come to me for coaching, and they're like, I want to reach this goal. And what we do wow. initially is. Find out whether that goal is actually theirs. Is it an outside-in goal? It's interesting. Is, is, right? Is, it, is, is the reason why it feels so icky because it's not yours? Because someone else told you you were supposed to want it, right? Uh, yes. And that there's something else trying to come through your authentic self. How do we listen into that? And then the work of it is once you've identified That's what important. you actually want to do authentically is being courageous enough to actually take action into it wow. despite the judgments that you're going to get the pushback yeah. because you're not doing what's expected of you, especially if you have big people-pleasing patterns and, Correct. you know, like Correct. being the good girl or whatever it is. Yes. And there's a lot of that. So identifying it is not the problem. It's about whether or not you are willing to take your nervous system into a situation where you've never, you know, like you could be so rejected, abandoned, yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. That's so. a good perspective. Yeah. Thank you, Debbie, for sharing of that. Course. Yeah. Some other things with the business and growth and goals mm-hmm. Some people don't know how to make attainable goals. And sometimes they'll see this, I want to attain that, but they don't know how. What's the best way for someone to set those attainable goals and not feel defeated when they don't meet those goals? Yeah, so I think that it's important to know, like I I like to talk about visions instead of goals, again, right? Like it's coming from the inside out. out. So you're you're sort of going within yourself and what what inspiration are is is calling you because the mind tends to stitch together things from the past like what have i seen other people do that means right. success is, right is, yeah yeah uh, and what what what, what is the, what does the world you know yes. connect to the word success so like i need to make more money i need to have this sports car in order to be important in life yeah. so if you connect to the vision that you have i think it's important to like see the vision and then come back to the smaller steps because even though we all of us we're kind of We've got this part of ourselves that's inspired and we want like big course, things and we can feel course. into the possibility. We're still navigating life through these brains and bodies that are really designed for survival. And mm-hmm. so that's it's true, really frustrating Debbie. that people will come and say, I've been wanting to start a podcast for a while or write a book. And like for some reason, I just can't get myself to do it. 
And what's happening when we unpack that is that your mind is procrastinating around it, creating a freeze response because it's, um, it's the unknown, right? We're yeah. kind of unknown is scary. Yeah, oh, scary. for sure. And so even if it, if we know, you know, from the cortex, from the prefrontal cortex, we know that it's going to be beneficial for us. If it, you've never done it before, it feels risky. And so the mind will sit there and go, well, you know what, let's just, uh, you'll start, we'll start tomorrow, right? Right. Well, you know, we'll start after we get this extra education or whatever it is and create these gaps where you're pushing it out to the future. And what's really happening there is it's a trauma response a lot of times, like trying to keep you safe in your little cocoon, even when the cocoon isn't really working for you anymore. It's kind of like it's time to go, it's trying to metamorphosize into that butterfly, but it's like, oh, you know. Butterfly perspective. (laughs) Butterfly perspective. And what's interesting (laughs) is I wrote this, um, I wrote this poem, this story for my kids about a butterfly, a caterpillar who was reluctant to turn into a butterfly years ago. That's so special. Yeah, it is. And it's like that, that really is how we are, most of us, you know. It's like, okay, I know that there's this great big thing that's calling to me. It's been calling to me for a long time, but I'm not sure. And what if, and then, you know, when, what when they articulate, yeah, what if they articulate, what if it if doesn't I fail? Work? Right. What if no one likes me? What if they judge totally. me? What if they're negative? Yes. It's huge. Because a lot of times what you're calling, you're being called to do is stand on a stage of sorts, yes. you know, even if it's a digital stage. And then if no one shows up or they boo or they're quiet, you know, yes. that is just to the ego that feels like death. It you does. Know, it really is. And, and primarily, failure. Primarily, what's right. happening there, it's important to note, is that we're designed to be collaborative, communicating beings, right? And so we're we're hardwired not to do anything that might get the tribe or the, the you know the community to turn against us, right? Because if you think from a primal level, so if you true. don't have people, you you won't really won't so survive. True. So it really is yeah. connected to a survival experience, and so it's scary. It's scary to stand. Why would it be scary, for example, to stand up in front of people that you know love you and give a speech, yeah. right? Like that's a, that's a terrifying experience for a lot of people. And the reason is that because it's because you're hardwired for acceptance, and there's a possibility wow. by standing in front of them and saying whatever it is accepted. that you might have a decrease in acceptance, rejection, yeah. abandonment, Trauma. and even though from here you know that's not going to happen, these people love me. It, your body is still okay. like, oh, don't do it, right? And so, and that's what's caused. So. It's about sort of, and people will say all sorts of things like, well, you know, punch fear in the face. And, and I'm like, you know, actually the parts of you that are trying to keep you safe are not to be like warred against, battled against, right? It's about taking, they're like little children, really embracing it and taking them up like little children and saying, it's okay to be scared right now because, you know, because we know that this is how we're hardwired, but it's safe and we're going to go in. So if you had a child, like if you had a child who was afraid of of kids, was like, had no friends, and you wanted to take them into a party situation. And as you approach this beautiful, fun party that you know your kid is going to love, mm-hmm. they start to kind of like get so scared true. and hide back behind your they leg. Do. They you do. Wouldn't, you wouldn't like, okay, let's go, right? Because you know already that even though this is a scary situation, you're going to bring them in and it's going to be expansion for them, growth for them, right? right? And so what you would do is comfort your child and say, it's going to be fine. And you can sit on my lap if you want to, you know, for the whole time if you want. And we'll just ease, your, ease you in. Love and so that. you take them into this environment that feels scary for their nervous system at first with the knowledge as an adult this is going to be good for them it's going to be beneficial and then of course minutes later your kid is like you know forgot right. all about you and they're playing with the other kids right you're right it's like that with yourself if you're going for something bigger a goal it's about actually taking yourself into these small steps you know digestible baby little baby steps that your mind and your body can handle and kind of disproving to yourself like you're basically creating a disconfirming experience like See, we're not dead. 
and now we're not dead and now right (laughs) there's these little bitty steps and you're kind of taking yourself like like little children like okay here here, here." (laughs) you know and it's it's, so it becomes this experience and once you get used to that the association that you have to these growth experiences changes so your your experience and your relationship to growth changes like being on the growing edge is uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable that's why a lot of people don't take those jumps and start businesses, start podcasts. Absolutely. Right? Like, but once you've been through a business and like once you've been through a business and you've experienced extreme success and extreme failure, you start to recognize, huh, actually, I didn't I didn't die from the failure. I can actually go again and it won't kill me. We're right. All alive. And even when it's the worst case scenario, it's never as bad as your mind tells you it's gonna be to like right. keep you from moving, right? It's right. Like, you're gonna die. And, so true. Right? And even if you fail, it's a learning process. Sometimes you have to fail. If you don't fail, you'll never know. Mm -hmm. You'll never learn and say, okay, wait, I can do better. I can grow. Right? So so failure to me is a key. Yes. Everyone needs to fail in life so that they can do even better and succeed. I completely agree with you. Some of the most interesting people I've talked to have experienced the deepest failures. Like they've been knocked flat in life and gotten back up again. And so their story is richer. Their character is deeper, right? And they're, they're, they've true. got more fortitude. They've got more understanding, like, yes, compassion. Totally. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Right. So it's helpful to it's just recognize that. And then to remember also that we're all going to die. <laughs> we're all going to die, you guys. That's another perspective. One day we're going to have a big podcast on grief because we all endure grief. Yes. We're all going to pass away one day. We all have lost loved ones. And it's a very hard butterfly perspective to endure. Absolutely. Every day you live with it. Yeah. And so we are going to have a future podcast on that. So as, you know, a caveat into the next subject, we're going to talk about health. Health is wealth. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. So it's important that that is your priority in everything in life. If you have pain, if you have headaches, or if you have anything going on, get in and see your primary care doctor. Get your yearly mammograms. Get your lab work done biannually. So I always tell everybody, make sure that you're following your health yeah. because it's your wealth. If you don't have health, you can't work. You can't be happy. So make that your priority in life. So Debbie does a lot of health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you achieve so much health. Your body is out of control. Oh, like <laughs> head to toe, Debbie is muscle and so beautiful. She eats clean. So when you eat clean and fresh and you live that healthy lifestyle, it shows, mm-hmm. right? Your yeah. gut health is everything. For sure. And like you said, I mean, when, when you don't, when you neglect your health, it actually has this huge cascade effect over everything, literally everything, because like, for example, if your gut is not doing well, then your brain is not doing right. it optimally. And then you're not thinking clearly mm-hmm. and you're not feeling good enough to connect. And it's just a big cascade effect. So it goes back to my value, which is like keeping myself at high frequency. You can't do that without taking care of the physical body, mm-hmm. right? So right. I recognize that everything that I do is a product of the way that I feel. Because if I feel like garbage, it's and you know how it is. Like I can be as positive as you want, but like if I'm not feeling good, I'm not optimized to have a conscious conversation. I'm not optimized to be patient with my kids. I'm not optimized to be creative in my business or to have a a, a powerful conversation with my coaching clients so that they can actually transform. It's so important. I literally cannot do my job as a mom, a coach, um, a friend, you know, unless I'm actually taking care of myself. I can't do it to the nth degree is what, you know, and I really, I really want to. It transcends into everything in life. Absolutely. Now I I will say that I have had a health event that kind of was a pivot for me. Uh, And this is, this goes back to like the remembrance that we're all going to die. I think it was, let's see, maybe 15. So 15 years ago, I had a two month old 
um, I had an asthma attack that wasn't responding to medication. And, right. And so, and, and I was hitting my inhaler all day long and I found myself at maybe three o'clock in the morning sitting on the edge of the bed. And I was literally like my, my back muscles and chest were, were aching from expanding. I was like, I got to go into the ER. So I fought. Yeah, it was, it actually, it actually ended up being a really positive thing in my life. Right. But I, I woke up my then husband and I said, Hey, I'm going to go drive myself to the ER because my medicine's not working. I need new medicine. And he goes, do you need me to drive you? And I was like, oh, no, just stay with the babies, two-month and a, two, oh, wow. a two-year-old. I'll yeah. be right back. I got in the car and drove for 30 seconds. I went, I should not be driving. I was gripping the wheel. My oxygen was really so low. That's terrible. I mean, terrible. I went to the ER, and long story short, three days later, I wake up intubated in critical care. I didn't know this about yes, you. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then when, and when the nurse saw me, she said, listen, we have never had anybody come in as bad as you and make it out alive. Oh we really God. didn't think that you were going to make it. And I remember thinking, I could have gone. And I didn't, like, say goodbye to my babies, to my uh-huh. husband, to my, you know. And it was just this kind of realization. Like, I had lost my brother to cancer, my youngest brother so to sad. cancer, yeah, uh, when he was 22. And it was almost like I felt him in that moment. It's yeah. like, this is your life, right. right? Like, whatever you're doing right now, like, you need to start really remembering that you have these moments. And for me, I consider that lanyard. At that point, it was bonus time, right? Yeah. I was like, I, I could have passed. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And so I started really being prioritizing, like, my energy, my time. Like, where am I going to put it? Not that I get it right all the time because oh, yeah. I definitely don't. But, you know, I started doing my businesses. I started really taking care of myself. And it was sort of like a dedication to my brother who thought he was going to do all these things oh, in his life, wow. you know, um, and didn't make it because of cancer. And so every every day, it's kind of like oh, I connect wow. to him and I'm like, you know, we're, we're still going. And at some that. point, we'll go, right? Yes. Um, but people, we know that, you know, from people who are on their deathbeds, the regrets of the dying. Of course. The gr- yeah. Right? Of course. Number one is is living a life that's not true to yourself. That's that's for other other people's expectations, and so I remember that, and I'm like, you know what? It's gonna be my authentic life. I'm gonna do it from my blueprint. I'm going to, uh, even when it's scary, I'm going to mindfully move forward it with respect to everyone else, but at the same time, like, it's it's my life. Yes, indeed, right? it is. Yes, mm-hmm. death is a reminder, right? Yes. So that we're here for a fraction of time in this big universe, mm-hmm. and it's a gift. Every day is a gift. You can urinate, you can have bowel movements, you can walk, you can talk, you can eat, you can drink. You're here on the earth. You wake up. It's another day, right? It's a gift. I'm very spiritual. And so death, I lost my mom two years ago. She meant the world to me. It did change my whole life. And I had to rethink things, but she was my motivation to the business, the sin skin aesthetics, the butterfly, metamorphosizing, enhancing beauty, making everyone feel beautiful. Because everyone is, and everyone has something inside that they've been through and they want to share. And so I make that a part of the business and make everyone comfortable. Um, you know, when it comes to death, every day you live with that person yeah. and it motivates you. Yeah. I had my own health issues and my kids do as well. I've had lupus since I was eight years old. And every day can be hard to get up and I've battled it for a long time since I was a child. But it keeps me humble because I remember and I know that not every day is, is guaranteed mm-hmm. and that we all have pain and suffering. So I stay empathetic and sympathetic with my patients because we always need to think about how others feel, That's right? True. We have to take that 
into mine, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of transcend with them and feel that and grow with them. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The connection is so important. Like, I really do feel like that is, talk about wealth. You know, when you can make a lot of connections with human beings, I I think it's irreplaceable. You know, and because it's like, it's really Mm kind of what we, it's what we came for. We kind of, we create these goals and there are, we associate these experiences with those goals, right? Like it, there's a, always a reason you're you're setting a goal for yourself. It's because right. you associate success or excitement or you know prosperity, whatever it is that you want to experience. You're setting a goal for that, and I think that it's important to remember that we have access to all those experiences right now. We don't have to withhold them from ourselves. And in fact, you know, if you are operating out of outside own paradigms that say that you kind of have to sacrifice and grind and hustle and then yeah. get to the top of the mountain and then allow yourself like that peace, that joy, that can, that is unfortunately a lot of people who are considered successful when you unpack their lives, that's what they're, that's how they're operating on a day-to-day basis. They're miserable. They're, they're running themselves ragged. Their relationships are falling like apart. Right? I know. And so do I. And yeah. I know exactly what About that balance, feels like. But Absolutely. Yeah. But it's like if you forget that the experience is the thing, yeah. like, and you set this goal because, okay, I've got to make this amount of money. I've got to, you know, then you sacrifice the stuff that is like the juice of life in order to get to the top of this mountain where oftentimes so many people find themselves completely empty and don't mm. know why. So the real experience isn't there. Right. And yeah. now their relationship has fallen apart. They have no, they have no relationship wow. with their kids. Yeah. You know, their health is failing. It's True. like, let's remember that like this, you know, like, like connecting to human beings is like when you're doing that and you can see these people who are in poverty in third world countries like just smiling and laughing it's and, true and dancing, they live right? their best lives they do you're right it's like they're not distracted right. from like that emotional connection and that like, that vibing in life like we all need uh, to remember that that is the stuff like right and you don't have to withhold yourself like you don't have to make a certain amount of money in order to get there it becomes more challenging when you are grappling with survival for sure yeah. so you do have to do some things but at the same time, don't withhold the experience as you're doing those things, right? You're sweeping floors, mom, you know? Yes. <laughs> Sweep floors with the music on. Like, enjoy yes. yourself, you this know? This is true. Yeah. Music is, is, I mean, it, it makes you have a higher energy vibe. For when sure. you listen to good, high-energy music yes. and then meditation music sometimes yes. for more peace, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely, yeah. And find your vibe, you know? It's like, it, depending on where you are on the vibrational scale, certain music will resonate with you. So you kind of have to feel into that. Can I tell you people, tell us some more about the vibrational yeah, scale? Yeah, I would love to. I want so, to know about that. Yeah, if, if you do a little quick Google and you look up vibrational scale, you'll see a bunch, right? And what we're t- dealing with is frequency. So if you go down at the bottom of the scale, there's like apathy, depression, right? That, that just like a lackluster okay. hopelessness, right? Okay. Down at the bottom, it's like ugh, low frequency. All the way at the top, of course, is joy, appreciation, love, right? All of these Good expansive stuff. experiences yeah. that we want. Yeah. And so what we forget is that, like, there's, so there's there's all this stuff in between, right? And so when someone is down in depression, apathy, and you're like, oh, you should just cheer up, right? There's all this stuff internally that's yeah. happening within yeah. them <laughs> that it's not helpful, right? No, and so, and, yeah. and jumping from depression to joy is, is I mean, that's a huge leap, right? right. So right. it's a spiral up, right? And so depending on where you are, for example, if you're in depression, let's just say that someone cheated on you, you're in depression, you're in your bed, you're kind of, you know, in this low vibration place. I have helped people to activate anger in order to move them up the scale. Now you think, okay, well, anger is a low vibration experience. Anger's a, a high higher energy. vibration, right? Yeah, yeah. That's you, if you energy. look at movies where the hero does a ground punch, like they're, they're kind of floundering and then all of a sudden they're just like, no more. That anger is, is, and anger is a very transient energy that's, that 
pushes you, right, to a certain way. If I think about Jesus flipping the tables, like it's like a disruptive, like no more kind of energy. It's good. It becomes toxic when you identify with it and you beat the drum of it and you keep it. It's not meant to stay for a long time. To harbor. You don't want to harbor it. You want to release it. You want to use it to to move yourself out of lower vibration places sometimes because anger informs you that your, your standards, your values have been violated. And so it kind of moves you to another place. So a good ground punch can be very, very um, therapeutic. It can be medicinal, I like right? This. I like this. <laughs> but you have to know what, like on a, on a higher level, you have to know what you're doing with it. Because otherwise, yeah, if you if you get into anger and you're just like, I'm just going to become this angry person and, and feed myself these narratives that are going to continue my toxic or addictive relationship to anger. And you see a lot of people getting addicted to it, right? Yeah. And it actually literally is addictive. It is. Um, then you then yes, it becomes destructive to your entire like it actually damages your health. But the point is that wherever you are, sometimes listening to Alanis Morissette because you're just there helps you to move out. <laughs> sometimes it helps you keep you know keep you. In yes, <laughs> yes. We all have those moments, you guys, right? Mm-hmm. We but all have those moments. You want on the lower vibration stuff. You just really want to recognize that that is the stuff that is informing you that there is something that you're holding on to that is outside of your nature, okay? So if I'm holding on to um, jealousy or if I'm, you know, so one of those lower vibration um, energies, instead of pushing it back, which is what a lot of people do, like, oh, I'm not feeling that. I'm a good person, right? I don't, like, I don't feel jealousy or whatever it is. The more you push it, like, it's like literally like a, like a, like a, one of those, big bouncy blow up balls on the, the surface of the water and you're pushing it like it's not there, you're actually feeding it a lot of energy to push and resist, resist against it. It's still in your subconscious, Interesting. right? Yeah. At some point in time, and it wants to get your attention because it wants to move. Energy always, emotions always yeah. want to move, right? So at some point, and you'll see it through projection. You're looking at other people, you're like, oh, she's so this and that. And it's really like your oh, own you stuff, guys. right? And so, and by the way, when you learn this, this helps you be more compassionate with other people. It's like, oh, it, something's going on here, right? And yeah. where have I played like that? Yeah. So at some point, it pops up. And a lot of times, it pops up in a way that's that's unnecessarily, that's going to create unnecessary suffering. So what I like to do is I coach people in actually turning toward, like putting a spotlight on the energy of whatever it is that's lower vibration and feel into it because it has a message for you. And the thing about it is that people get afraid that if I go into the energy of sadness, I'm never going to emerge, right? Yes, of course. Right? Everyone's like, so scared of that. Exactly. Like, or if I of go course. into the energy of anger, like, especially if someone told you it was inappropriate to be angry, like as a, as a girl of or whatever it is. Right? like that. It's ingrained in your mind. Don't be angry. Don't oh, be exactly. mad. Don't exactly. show that, especially in some cultures. Oh, for sure. For, it's definitely I a know. cultural thing. So, so it, it takes yeah. a lot of courage, like I said, to actually go overcome that and move right. into an experience where you're like, okay. I want to understand why this is here. And when you do that, what actually happens is you remove blocks, emotional blocks. And so what will happen is the energy starts to flow. And when it flows, it disperses. And it moves you up the vibrational scale quite naturally. So it's our natural nature. You look at children who have not been conditioned out of it. They're naturally buoyant, joyful, just because. They don't need a reason, right? They're going to create, not because they're trying to make money off of their creation or that it needs to be approved of. They're going to write scribble some things and they're just going to like leave it on the table and go do the next thing. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is how we are at factory setting. And then we're conditioned into thinking, well, if your art needs to be good enough or you need to be able to make money off of it in order for you to spend time, otherwise it's worth, not worth your, you know, investment of energy. And then we, by the time we're full blown adults, we're sort of like domesticated, if you will. Right. I agree. So, But if you actually start to learn, okay, like sitting with the, the, the negative stuff in order to move it through, 
will actually create this natural elevation in my energy. It'll Allow actually make elevate. me happy because, okay. right? Okay. Then you become kind of excited whenever you feel like, oh, I'm jealous of this person. Okay, I can't wait to do the shadow work on this. It's called shadow work, shadow right? Shadow work. Oh, my <laughs> right? goodness. Because you already know that, like, shadow there's something there. Shadow work is there. huge, you guys. Oh, so I want to know more about shadow work. Yes. Okay, so shadow work can sound very malevolent, right? Because it's like, if you don't know what you're talking what it is, it's like, what's oh, shadow work, right? Let's, let's learn about it today. <laughs> so all it is is that you're, put, you're putting a compassionate spotlight on the stuff that's unconscious okay. so that you can actually learn, learn and, and, and move it through. Okay, so... Some, we talked about how when you're a kid, sometimes something will happen and you'll say, oh, well, this is not acceptable, right? Let's just say, I use this example a lot. You're five years old and you just learned um, a, a addition, right? And then the teacher has switched over to subtraction in class. So you know that like three plus two is five, right? But she writes on the board three minus two and you weren't paying attention. So she's like, does anyone know the answer to this? And you think, oh, three plus two is five. You put your hand up, yeah, right? Yeah. And you say five. And then everybody starts laughing, because we've moved on to subtraction. Oh, You're five, yeah. you put your hand down. Now, remember that children are operating from a very emotional place. Of course, as adults, we're like, oh, you know, whatever. But a five-year-old who just thought, I'm going to get the right answer, yeah. and then everybody's laughing, and then and, and you put your hand down, that five-year-old can make a lot of different decisions depending on who they are, what they've already been experiencing. They can decide, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm never going to, like, I'm, I'm just right. not going to worry yeah. about school anymore. Right. I'm going to be the funny one. Um, or they can say, oh, it's not safe for me to like raise my hand in class because it can, you know, embarrassing. Um, whatever they're going to do, they're going to push part of their identity into the shadow and go, okay, that's not acceptable anymore. Mm. Now, that happened at five. What happens is that a lot of times something like that happens. It's sort of like a little trauma. It's not big T trauma, but it's like enough to, to, to create a, a little, little bit of a life change. Yeah, a little lesson inside, right? They start building legs under that. Mm -hmm. Like, see? When I did that, you know, I got punishment again. I'm just going to not, you know. And so by the time they're online, you know, eight, nine, ten, they don't even remember the originating event. They just know that in their paradigm of the world, their sort of perspective on the world is like, it's, I'm not, I'm not very smart. And I either have to prove I'm smart, right? And these are the people getting a lot of degrees, right? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the funny one. So I don't even care about being smart. Like, who cares, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, or I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be like the rebel or whatever it is. They're trying to create an identity, a sense of importance and, and belonging in the community in a completely different way. So shadow work would be, let's just say that I'm the type of person who's like, oh, I'm so stupid. And it's not acceptable to be stupid. People are laughing at me. Let me yeah. be like, I'm going to study and I'm never going to get anything wrong again. So I'm making straight A's and I'm getting degree after degree. And I, I get to be an adult and I have this really important job with a lot of money and I've got a lot of degrees and people are thinking I'm really smart. But in the deep recesses of me is that little girl going, don't let them know you're stupid. Not, they may find wow. out that you're stupid, right? And so wow. there's still this operating thing. Now, obviously there's nothing wrong with getting degrees and, and being course. smart in the world, of right? Of course. Getting a lot of things for that. But the problem is that if you're operating with this and running in the background, you're actually running, you're, you're being run by trauma, right? So it's not an enjoyable experience. Yes. So doing the shadow work would be like, oh, what's going on here exactly? Why is it that I, I, I feel a lot of stress when I get something wrong, when someone challenges me? Why do I get triggered when they challenge me? Why do I get triggered when someone beats me? At, you know, and then yeah. you, you do the work and you find out, oh, when I was five, this happened. That's where it originated from. And then you can compassionately kind of go into with that five-year-old and actually correct things because she's still operating out of that misunderstanding even though you're a full-blown adult now. Now, if you choose to get another degree, if you choose to pr pursue more, you know, if yeah. that's a choice and it yeah. could be a creative choice, 
but you can let yourself off the hook, right? And you can say, all right, like, I don't always have to be the right one, and I can actually accept some correction. It's the five-year-old that had the misunderstanding. So you can actually operate and and kind of create more peace, because if you don't, that little girl who's saying, I don't want to pursue Cupid, don't let him know that, right, is like an anchor on that vibrational scale. So it's like you've got all these little sub-personalities that make up who you are, right? It's like we think of ourselves like this is Lizette and this is Debbie, right? It's one yeah. person. But actually we're like a colony of little sub-personalities. Oh. And so that little part of you that got wounded back there, the five-year-old, is like an anchor on the vibrational scale. It's like pulling you down. You're so stupid, right? And there's shame attached to that. And shame is down there shame at the bottom, that, yeah. right? Shame is that yeah. disconnection Very from low. other people, yeah. right? So you've got this little part of yourself that's shame. And you're like, I can't understand why you can never get to joy, right? And it's because this one part of yourself is holding you in shame. So it's like you can get all of this stuff that looks really good to the world. Yeah. She's so smart. My gosh. Like, she's so accomplished. She's so successful. And you're still hitting, like, you're still feeling this little element of shame in the background. So it's like smiling, but then there's this thing happening. So shadow work work helps you to get to actual joy and and experience that and release that shame anchor so that you can kind of rise up and and elevate. That's important. So we all need to identify our triggers and work with someone like Debbie. Thank you. So that way we can do our shadow work and work through that and grow as a person and metamorphosize. Debbie, where can they find you online? If someone's interested in growing, doing shadow work, Increasing their vibrational energy. Where can I find you? How so, can I get in touch with you? I'm on Instagram and on Facebook at Debbie Denova, and okay. I also have a website, DebbieDenova.com. Okay. This month, I'm going to be soft launching my uh, Transformation Academy online, and That's I'm going to start. I know it's it's called the Vibe 90 Experience. So it's wow. all about systematically elevating all dimensions of your life: mental, <laughs> emotional, spiritual, relational. Yeah. All of it. So, and because people don't know where to start, right? So it's kind of like this comprehensive thing that I take my clients through, but you can take yourself through it digitally. So if you learn better by repeating, you can rewind it. And then there's a group coaching element once a week uh-huh. with me. And then you get two uh, one-on-one coaching uh, sessions that you can schedule whenever you need them so that you're taking yourself in a 90-day period of time. And this will be great for the new year. If you're, yes. if you're wanting 2024 to look absolutely different, you want to feel better in your life. You want to look, perform, feel better. Like it's an amazing experience because obviously there's only one of me and my schedule is completely full at this point. Uh, it's a great it, it, a way to take yourself from wherever you want to wherever you want and just leverage all the information that I've ever exposed myself oh. to. And I'm a geek about it. Like I, I, love I, that. I do it for fun. You are. She's <laughs> there's amazing. a lot of information. She's amazing. Thank so, you. you know, everybody's always like, this is my year. She could help you achieve that goal. Going into 2024. New year, new you, health goals, making sure that you prioritize, do the shadow work, identify those triggers. She does amazing work. She always has helped me, always has been there for me, has helped me improve my energy level, keep me positive. So it will definitely be very helpful to your business, professional life, to your relationships, your friendships, because you have to harbor relationships. And if you have these triggers, sometimes you can ward people off and not make those connections. I have a lot of people that reach out and say, I don't have a good friend network. How do I make friends mm-hmm. as an adult? Like, what do I do and how do I obtain them and retain them? We go over that, by the way, in the course. See, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Friendships and relationships and contact and connection with humans is a big deal. We need that human contact. Mm-hmm. And even though we're very busy in our lives, we have to take that step back, enjoy ourselves and make that personal connection. Sure. So um, I'm so very happy that you came today. Thank you. This was our first podcast together, and I've learned so much. Like, 
my mind is blown. That was a, a beautiful explanation of all the different things that we wanted to discuss from grief to shadow work to triggers to the authentic self. So I look forward to speaking to you guys some more. We're going to have awesome, awesome guests coming on. And Debbie will be back with another guest soon. So thank you guys for listening. And again, you can go find Debbie where? DebbieDenova.com and also DebbieDenova at Instagram and Facebook. There you go, you guys. And we are the Butterfly Perspective. Thank you so much for listening today. This podcast has been brought to you by Sin Skin Aesthetics and Wellness. You can find us on Instagram. We are under the page Sin Skin Aesthetics and Wellness. We also have a Facebook page and you can call us, call our office for any further info at 985-502-1533. This podcast has been brought to you by Sin Skin Aesthetics and Wellness. You can find us on Instagram. We are under the page Sin Skin Aesthetics and Wellness. We also have a Facebook page and you can call us, call our office for any further info at 985-502-1533.